Hello and welcome to another episode of the Common Man's Take on Sports with Kevin and Quentin. Alright, let's uh, talk about some college. Actually, you have a, something you want to discuss first, don't you? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, so uh, for our first topic today, I would like to talk about um, today that just happened. Today that just happened, uh, the Celtics traded for Drew Holiday from the Blazers. So we all know uh, about uh, an episode or two ago that we talked about how the Blazers traded Damian Lillard to the Milwaukee Bucks and that the Blazers got Drew Holiday. But now uh, the Blazers have traded Drew Holiday to the Celtics now. The Celtics traded Robert Williams and Malcolm and Malcolm Brockton, uh, two players that they traded in that trade. Um, I do think that they should have kept Robert Williams because he's another one of those guys that are that were defenders on their team last year. You know, I mean, I guess Drew Holiday is a defender. Um, but you can't just have one defender. Uh, on your team, you know, you, you you've got to have at least more than one defender on your team. Because if you want to win championships, you got to have more than one. Um, well, I think the significance of the trade was they let their center, their backup center, who was a good defender, go, and they added a point guard who was a good defender. But the problem is they have Krasingas, who is an okay defender. And then they have Al, an aging Al Horford, who they're more than likely going to play behind him, unless they plan on playing Horford at starting him at power forward. And I just I'm I'm not sold on the Celtics moves, to be honest. I don't know if the moves they're making have made them better than the Milwaukee Bucks. I yeah. think the the Milwaukee Bucks. One made the best trade because they literally sent out nothing other than a couple of way out in the future draft picks. And they kept their core together. And they kept their important bench players there. And all the moves the Celtics have made have cost them some pretty important players, right? Yeah, like they trade Marcus Smartaway, who is a great offensive player, great defensive player. They traded Grant Williams away. And sign and trade that's I mean they've lost and, and now Robert Celtics. Williams is gone and honestly the only two solid defenders they have left on that team right now that I see are one Drew Holiday who they just traded for and two is Jalen Brown uh, you can want, say Jason Tatum is but Jason Tatum is only a defender when he wants to be half the time he doesn't play defense uh, he people that he guards they have a field goal percentage or 50% shooting against him, which is not the trademark of a good defender. Um, he might pick up his defense a bit in the fourth quarter, but for the majority of the game, he's lackadaisical on defense and plays what I call the James Harden Matador defense. So really you have two proven defenders on your team now. And you let one of your scorers go and Malcolm Brogdon and... I just, I'm not, I don't, I'm not sold on the Celtics moves. I'm not sold on them being 
even a contender right now with the moves that they've made. What do you think? Yeah, I'm not sold on them either, you know? <clears throat> I mean, first they traded Marcus Smart away, then they traded Grant Williams away, and now they've traded Robert Williams away and Malcolm Brogdon. It just seems like they're they're letting a lot of key pieces go to get one or two key pieces back. And generally, when you make trades like this, you try not to gut your roster, but it almost seems like that's what they're doing. And now my question is, what is their bench going to look like? Let's, let's say that they do manage to play decent defense, right, for the starters. Who's even left on their bench that's a proven defender or a proven good player now I, after the moves they've made? I have no idea right now. You know what? You know, right now it's probably going to look like that their bench just going to be the same. Um, let's see. I mean, you're looking at... Uh, not one proven person. You, I mean, maybe Derek White, but he's a point guard. You got Jordan Walsh, Walsh, Lamar Stevens, Jay Scrub, Emilias Quete, Peyton Pritchard, I mean, uh, Luke Cornett, uh, Sam Hauser, J.D. Davison, O'Shea Brissett, Delano Banton. Like, you don't have one proven person left on that bench. No, I mean, they've traded all they can, all their proven people away from that bench. And that's, and, that's, and, that's going to affect them this season. That's going to really affect them on their bench. I mean, to me, that's the difference between the Bucks move and the Celtics move because the Bucks still kept the majority of their bench intact at least the key players on that bench and they kept their core starters intact and added another superstar to that roster in Dane Lillard like they they actually added talent without having to sacrifice the important players that they already had and so for me that's the better deal and I just don't know how the Celtics are going to look now um, coming into the season. I don't. I just don't know. And they gave up a 2024 first-round pick yeah, and a they, 2029 first-round pick, and then obviously the players they gave up. Yeah, they gave up. Uh, yeah. Um, it was a good move for the Celtics, but Drew Holiday does have a year left on his current contract, so they better extend it. So they are working on extending him. That was their plan when they traded for him. Yeah, I mean, you gotta always plan when a player that sh that you just got that's really good has one year left on his contract. You always gotta plan extending uh, the contract. <clears throat> yeah, I just man, I saw something that said this trade. I, I think it was an article on ESPN that said this trade could move the Celtics over. The Bucks for favorite in the East. I just don't know how. After everything they've given up in this offseason, I don't know if they're better than the Miami Heat or anybody else. I just don't know because I, I just I don't I don't think so. If you look at the Bucks, I don't think there's anybody in the East that's better than them. They 
look primed to make a big run this year. We'll see how they fit together, but I think Dane Lillard fits right into what they do. He's a good facilitator of the ball, so that means that Giannis can move without the ball in his hands, which is what Giannis does best. You have Chris Middleton, who's a spot-up shooter, which works well with the way that Dane Lillard plays, uh, moving the ball around. So, to me, the Milwaukee Bucks are still the favorite and still better. I just don't know what's going on with the Celtics, but I just don't. Their moves, I don't know, Quentin. I don't know, man. I, I'm just not buying it. Yeah, me neither. Um, I can't buy it either. You know, these moves just don't um, work. They, they just don't work out with me. You know? They don't make sense to me, to be honest, to give up that much. So, I don't know, but, man, <laughs> I think the Celtics might be in some trouble. We'll see, though. Maybe there's something I don't know. Maybe they're playing some more moves. Who knows? But it is uh, about to be the preseason, so I'm sure that there may be some more trades before the season starts. We'll see. But, yeah, no, I'm not on board with the Celtics getting Drew Holiday making them a favorite over the the Bucks. I just don't think so. Not not from what I've seen. I don't even know if Drew Holiday will fit in their system. The yeah. Way, um, the way I, that they play. Because Tatum is ball dominant. Um, he's a volume shooter. So he has to put up a ton of shots to get going. Um, now I don't think that's the way that Drew Holiday plays. But we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll see what works for them. Yeah, um, I saw an article on ESPN saying that the East is getting hot. I mean, no, it's not. Because, I mean, like you said, I got to agree with you. That's that, that's a good way to bring it up. Like, he might not fit in their system. He, he might not even fit with the team. So, yeah, that's going to that's gonna really, that, that could happen with them. That could happen. I mean, Przingis might not even fit their system and how they want to play. No. I mean, he could He may not be able to fit it either. That is true. While we're on the subject of the NBA, let's jump over to the WNBA. And the Liberty won today. So the New York Liberty will face the Las Vegas Aces in the NBA Finals. Brianna Stewart had a breakout game. Yeah, she had 27 points in that game as they won yep. 80, 87-84. to I was going to say, that was another close game. She hit the go-ahead three at the end of the game to seal the victory. So, now that matchup between the Liberty and the Aces might be better than I thought. But, I don't know, I still don't think that the Liberty will have an answer for Asia Wilson. Man, to me, she's just... She's good. Uh, we'll see how that works. I know that both teams have a lot of good players, so it ought to be a good WNBA Finals to watch. It ought to be exciting to watch. And it may be uh, a pretty uh, back-and-forth matchup there. So we'll see what happens with the WNBA Finals. I'm excited to see them. The, I'll have to look and see when the first game starts, but I'll be watching it for sure to see how that works, to see how that game play, first game plays out. 
and uh, see how that goes. What do you think? Uh, yeah, what I've seen from the Liberty from the past few games against the Connecticut Sun after losing game one, you know, I've seen great performances from them. From them. You know, Brianna Stewart, 27 points. I mean, that's, that's pretty good. And if she can keep getting, and if she can keep being that good player that she is, uh, against the Las Vegas Aces, uh, they have they'll probably have a chance to win the title. Yeah. So game one of the finals, best of five series. The Las Vegas Aces have the home court advantage because they have the best record. Is uh, October the eighth at three p.m. on ABC. It's the first game of that final, so I'll definitely be watching that <clears throat> and uh, see how that first game plays out. Again, I think it's going to be a good one. Both teams have a lot of good players on them, from their starters to their benches. So, definitely be watching that. Yeah. Next thing I kind of want to talk about. I know we've been giving our week by week results, but so I want to kind of focus in a little bit for the college football right now. We're almost halfway done now. Next week, week six is halfway through the college football season. So now we've started to kind of see how everybody's playing and what everybody's made of. I'm going to give my top teams. And this is just my ranking. Just my thoughts right now, just basically how the first five weeks have played out. So I'm going to give my top 10. So my top 10, my number one, for me personally, just based off of how they've played, my number one is Michigan right now. Just off, based off the way they played, I think, honestly, the way they handled Nebraska Saturday and the way Georgia struggled in their game with Auburn, I think that uh, that put Michigan over Georgia for me in the number one spot for now. That could change going forward. You know, Georgia has that game against Kentucky, who just manhandled Florida. Yeah, I mean, Kentucky. And actually, they moved up to number 20. You asked me that yesterday if they'll get ranked. They are now ranked number 20 because they manhandled Georgia. Or so, Florida. Or Florida, sorry, Florida. So they are ranked now. They're ranked number 20. And... They could give Georgia some trouble. Yeah, I mean, they gave them trouble last year. Uh, Georgia won last year 16-6. and six, You know, they gave them trouble. They gave Georgia lots of trouble last year, and I think they will continue that this year. Yeah, Georgia doesn't look as unbeatable as they have the last two years. So that's kind of why I dropped them down. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but based also based off the way that they've performed, Texas is my number two team for right now. As of for week five, they've just they got that big win against Alabama. They struggled a little bit against Wyoming, but I mean everybody everybody's had a down game. Michigan's down game was Rutgers. They kind of struggled a bit with Rutgers in that game and finally pulled away in the second half. So I'm not gonna hold that against Texas. Texas handled Baylor. 
in Kansas. So right now, Texas is my number two team. I can't believe I'm saying that, but man, they right now Texas does look good. Yeah. We'll see what they're made of when they play Oklahoma. I believe that's, yep, that's next week. So we'll see what happens there in the Red River rivalry. But, uh, yeah, I mean, man, if they beat number 12 Oklahoma, Texas might even move to my number one spot. Like, they're hot right now, and they look good. So that's my number two. Georgia is my number three. I will leave Ohio State at number four. Actually, you know what? No, I'm going to make Penn State number four for me because Penn State is playing really good right now. And I think they deserve to be in the top top four currently. So Penn State would be my, my number four. So I would have Michigan, Texas, Georgia, and Penn State would be my top four. Coming in at number five would be Ohio State, then Florida State, and then Washington and then Oregon. And after that, I guess I would put USC. And I don't know, Alabama or Notre Dame. I, honestly, that's a tough one. I know Duke, Duke took, took a tough loss to Notre Dame. They dropped all the way down to 19. I don't necessarily agree with that, but I will see if Duke can bounce back from that loss. But that would be my top 10. As of week, going into week six, that's my top 10 right there. Uh, what do you think? What, who, do you, who do you have in your top 10? I have my top 10 <clears throat> are uh, a skull with number one, Michigan. The way they missed, the way they manhandled Nebraska was great. 45-7. What a game. Yeah, Nebraska finally scored in garbage time when Michigan had their third and fourth string players in, like getting them some reps. So, um, yeah, they, they did what they were supposed to do against them. I'm not saying that, that it's a surprise they beat Nebraska like that, but I'm telling you right now, if you watched ESPN uh, game day, college game day, or you watched uh, Big Noon kickoff, both of those shows said that Michigan would struggle with Nebraska and it'd be a, a low-scoring, tough game, and they'd eventually pull away. Yeah, no, I mean, no, it wasn't. They there was no toughness about it. They they dominated Nebraska in every phase of that game, beginning to end, all the way through. Never took their foot off the gas. Yeah, I mean, big new kickoff was saying like they were thinking that Nebraska actually may have a chance to upset Michigan. No, no, they, they they handled that game the way they should have, and that's why I kind of moved them up to number one and dropped Georgia a little bit. Texas has been handling their business. You know my feelings about USC, no defense. So I called that game USC in Colorado. I told you it would be a high-scoring game. I told you that no defense would be played, and that's exactly where that game played out. No defense yeah. was played. It was all offense, back and forth. And it just so happened USC had the ball last. And they ran, they, they nailed it out and ran the clock out. Had Colorado had enough time to have one more possession, they probably would have tied that game. 
and it would just came down to whoever had the ball last. Uh, for me, I think Colorado kind of shot themselves in the foot there. They played a really good offensive game, you know, in that second half. But there at the end, they kind of had a little bit of clock mismanagement on their part, and I think that's kind of what doomed them, and ultimately gave USC the game. But again, 48-41, it was all offense, no defense on either side of that football. So I called that. I knew that would happen. That's why I don't think USC is a legit contender. When they play Oregon and Washington, Oregon and Washington are probably going to beat them, in my personal opinion, just because USC has no defense whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, so, that's... I know it's you. Go ahead. I mean, that's how Colorado scored 41 points on it. Yep. For me, OSU did set out last week, but that tough win against Notre Dame, um, for the first time in a couple of years, they impressed me. And so I didn't want to drop them too far. But I did want to give Florida State some credit because they've won some tough games lately. And so that's why I moved them up to the number four, or not them, Penn State. Penn State's impressed me lately. They... They're playing at a high level. They've proven that that Big Ten East is not going to be a cakewalk for Michigan and Ohio State. Penn State is going to give both those teams a lot of trouble. And in my opinion right now, Penn State has an opportunity. And I think they're good enough that they could possibly beat either one or both of those teams when they play them. So I'm really high on Penn State right now. So I think they belong above Ohio State, that may change next week. But for me, that's why I moved them up and kept Ohio. But I, I kept Ohio State at number five because that Notre Dame win, I thought that showed some grit on their part. So that's why I kept them at number five and kept Florida State at number six. Um, and then everybody else is in line. Um, Oregon, they look good, man. Dan Lenny's got them good. I, they're definitely a contender to make the playoff this year for sure. Washington, I don't know. I'll have to see when they play Oregon. They do have a high-flying offense. I'm just not sure about Washington's defense. I think it's average, but I don't know if it's on the level of like an Oregon or a Georgia or a Penn State or Ohio State, you know what I mean, or a Michigan. Um, okay, for my number two, they beat Texas. Uh, right now, Texas has showed me that they're back, you know. If they beat Oklahoma... Gosh, don't say that. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> every t- every time somebody says Texas is back, they lose the next game. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, if Texas beats Oklahoma, yeah, they're definitely back. I agree. Um, at my number three team is Georgia. Their struggles with Auburn have showed me that they might have some struggles throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like next, they play a, a pretty good Kentucky offense and pretty good defense, I gotta say. So, yeah, they're definitely, in, in that Auburn game, they had lots of struggles. So I don't know if Kentucky's good enough to beat them, but I think Kentucky can give them a heart attack like Auburn did. Yeah. I honestly think they can. Uh, okay, my number four team. Right now, I chose this team because they've escaped from lots of scares. 
uh, it's Florida State because you know they they, I, they I have almost, a high they they have a high powered offense. Their defense their defense is all right. I almost <laughs> went with Florida State. The only reason why I didn't at number four is because I feel like Penn State's defense is better than Florida State's. That's that was reason why I I did that. So go ahead. Yeah, um, I gotta agree with you on that move, but I'm just saying Florida State's high-powered offense. No, no I, I'm not arguing with Florida yeah. State. Like they're a good pick right now. They're definitely winning. They're winning some tough games, so they mm-hmm. they they've proven they can win some tough close games, and they've proven that they're not gonna fold in adversity. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean they have they have an okay defense. I mean their defense pretty mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Um. My number five team would be Penn State. Okay. I think that they deserve to be in the top five. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about the college football playoff yet, but I'm sure that they deserve to be in the top five. Okay. Now, my number six team would be Ohio State. Uh, I, moved, ah. I moved them down. Okay. Uh, because, you know, Notre Dame gave them a, a jump scare, and that's... <clears throat> And they got the, and they got that final, final touchdown at the end of the game. Um, yeah, I put them at number six because I feel like they're gonna have some struggles against Maryland. Okay. I feel like. That's possible. Maryland's looked good. I don't think they've played anybody of note yet, but the um, games they have played, the they look good. I I can't argue that. Yeah, they haven't really played any real opponents. Uh, over the season, but right now Ohio State would probably be their toughest test besides Michigan. Uh, that's why I put them there at number six. I think they're gonna have some struggles throughout the season. Number seven for me would be Washington. <clears throat> I think they're at a place right there. I think number seven would be suitable for them. Their offense is average offense, or not offense, defense. His average defense. Um, I just gotta say, I think Washington deserves to be at number seven right now. Uh, number eight, uh, it would be Oregon, because you know Oregon's defense looks really, really good. You know they got twenty-two sacks on mm-hmm. Shadura Sanders uh, when they faced Colorado, and that's, I mean that's. That's really good, you know? 22 sacks in the game. That is actually pretty good right there. That's some pretty good numbers against a great QB. So Maryland has played Michigan State <laughs> and Indiana, so not that they're lighting the world on fire, but Indiana does have a tough defense, and they put 44 points on them, so that's more than Ohio State did. <laughs> Yeah, because Ohio State only put 23 points on them. Yep, so i got to give them credit for that. Uh, They had 352 passing yards for five touchdowns. So, yeah, you're right. Maryland could give Ohio State some trouble next week. I I don't really pay much attention to Maryland, but, yeah, uh, that is a good uh, assessment there, Quentin. I can't argue with that one. Very nice. Oregon's defense just really good with Dan Lanning. <clears throat> I think they deserve to be at number eight right now. 
Number nine would be USC. Their defense led Colorado to get 41 points. I just got to say, the defense needs some work. Uh, their offense is spectacular. I think their offense is fine. <clears throat> I think the problem in that game was Caleb Williams. Um, kind of kind of couldn't read the defense because he got uh, two picks. But one of those picks was uh, did not count because of a penalty. Um, I, I just don't think he... He could read defense on those picks. <coughs> so that's why I put them at number nine. And uh, for me, number ten, the last one would be Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame deserves to be at number ten. With uh, they're only a, a uh, I know they've only got one loss. They're five and one right now. I think they deserve to be right there. Uh, because of their offense. Their offense is spectacular. And their defense gets Duke. It's great. I mean, they held Duke to 13, 14 points, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, 14. And uh, that shows that they have a good defense. You know, Duke usually has a... Uh, not Duke. Notre Dame usually has a good defense. So, yeah. So I put them at number 10. Great offense, great defense. All right. We tried something a little different this week. Instead of uh, giving you results, we kind of ranked the teams, at least the top 10 of how we think they should be based off the first five weeks of the season. I don't have anything else other than that. Uh, I think that'll close out our show for today. Don't forget, we do have a YouTube channel. You guys know some people that don't like podcasts, but they you think they'd like to listen to our show, you can send them over to our YouTube channel to listen to it. It's the same name, Common Man's Take on Sports. We're on most platforms for podcasts, and we also have a Facebook page where we post all our episodes so please uh, subscribe, follow us on our on our uh, webpage, or follow us and like us and subscribe to us on any of the podcast platforms, or on YouTube, our YouTube channel. We appreciate all the follows, the likes, and the subscriptions, and the downloads, and we truly appreciate you guys listening to our show. And we hope that you continue to listen and you like our show. Uh, that's all for today. We thank you for listening. Have a good day.